welcome on in. Enswell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at pearlhandmail.com. Yeah. Welcome on in indeed. It's wet, wintry, but weirdly wonderful, and that's just in Ireland. Wherever you are, I hope you're keeping well. This is episode 130. Yeah, hard to believe, right? So come on, plug in those earphones, turn up that volume, allow me the privilege and pleasure of a guided tour through Podcastville. Before I go any farther, talk about anything else even think about anything else this episode's dedicated and going very special shout out to the champ big 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 congratulations and shout out to Kildare's very own Caitlin Feeling to Niall the team a massive massive win for her and the team in Germany she flew in below the radar she operated below the radar she opened those opening rounds below the radar but by Jesus did she soar high when it came to it and when it counted she battered Jessica uh, Shadko into submission retired on her stool hopefully this brings her profile up a notch brings some big big fights for her and kickstarts a career and brings her all she deserves because I tell you what it was a fantastic win as I said as usual in Ireland you don't hear much about it you don't see much about it but the champs just carry on that's how they go so regardless of what comes next or what happens next it's, it's just it's one of those occasions for a fighter like Caitlin at this point of her career where she's just got to sit back soak it all up for a little while and enjoy it because they come few and far between so Caitlin well done to you well done to your dad Paddy well done to Niall well done to the whole team Alan as well in the background the whole lot everybody that went to help him, the team feeling get across the line and bring those belts back to Dublin Airport on Saturday night massively well done and shout out and hopefully we'll endeavour to reach out get in touch and chat with herself and maybe Alan at the same time maybe even Paddy too and uh, we'll bring a special episode a little bit further down the line but couldn't go any further without making it very very clear that this episode 130 dedicated to Team Feeling he was a standout amateur and now the Belfast Bruiser Cruiser has made a simply stunning professional debut. I'm talking, of course, about Paulie McCullough. He's back on the podcast to talk about a professional debut that ticked pretty much every box. When I got on into the ring and in front of the TV and the camera, it was good. It was good to be able to, to have uh, people tune in from Belfast and watch me, and I had great support. You'll hear a little bit more of that, and a whole lot more as Paulie took time away from a steaming hot pizza to chat with me on Tuesday night and Saturday the news broke from Navin Middleweight and former Irish champ former BUI Celtic champ Chris Blaney sadly called time on his professional career he spoke to me also on Monday he talked to me about the decision how he arrived at it and where he goes from here I've been out of the ring for a year literally only in the last two three weeks I was kind of sitting down and thinking about like how long am I going to be out of the ring for time to grow up I think like and I know we've opted to stay positive, focused and happy as much as possible on this podcast over the last few episodes. But we've got a very, very special message from a very, very special, precocious boxing talent, Ella Joyful Thompson, 
joined me, her dad and coach Cliff. You're in for a real treat with this. When I saw her, like, I just, <laughs> I started <of> like, <laughs> and then I didn't know, I was like, I don't know, my legs, it, sound, it sounds really stupid, but my legs felt really weak, and I was like, I think I'm going to fall, but then I didn't fall, I stayed on my feet. Wasn't a massive amount going on in terms of news and information, but whatever we have, we'll bring. I got some advice pretty early on in my podcast um, path. Don't like using the word journey. It's a little bit too overstated and overused and a little bit cliche too. But I got some advice early on. It was about numbers and figures and stats and rankings and ratings and episodes and everything. Don't put too much emphasis on them is what I was advised. And uh, I haven't done and don't. And, and uh, I actually had to look up, just out of curiosity, yesterday as I, as I sat writing for this episode. Where are we at? What number? I wonder. Just curiosity. Don't know what put it in my head. Followed back through the notes, the files, and found out that we are, last week's episode, 129. So it brought it up to the perfect round 130. It goes without saying, and, and, and I get a little bit of, um, I get a little bit of stick for being too thankful and saying thank you too much and everything else, but it's it's beyond humbling it's beyond special it's be, it's almost beyond thank you yes you yep yep you i'm listening i'm watching and loving the reaction the feedback the input that i do want to get a little bit more of but you know what i think the best way to get input from you is maybe start giving away a few little bit of freebies what do you think yeah I reckon so, I reckon so, and everybody loves to get something free, including myself, including myself, uh, but that's coming as well. What are we talking about? Watch this space, but I digress. Episode 130 is, um, again, obviously not even a fraction of where I want to be, but from where I started, it's incredible, and it's impossible, undoable without the support, the backing, the belief, the confidence, and all the other nice stuff that goes into it on a daily, weekly, monthly and minute by minute basis sometimes. It's hard to believe that people like Jason Quigley, Big Joe Egan, Kenneth Egan, Joe, Go- Joe Cortez, Ricky Hatton, Michael Conlon, Jamie Conlon and many, many more. Evan Garrow, Dana Morehouse, Ella Thompson, Eric Donovan. They've all taken time to speak with me at some point in time. That's a That's a... For me, that's a special list. But it's nowhere near done. Nowhere near done. So, fasten those seatbelts. Strap yourselves in. We're about to set off on the second phase. It was meant to be the third phase, but listen, 2020's been a little bit of a... It's been a little bit like running in the swimming pool. But we're running, and we're at the end of the swimming pool, and we're about to turn around and start the third lap. The third length, if you like. So, effectively, it's the third one. But in real terms, you could really look at it as a second one because of progress. But thank you very, very much. Stick with it. The best is yet to come. Great reaction last week to the return of the shout-outs. And at the top of them here this week, I want to give my condolences and my sincere, heartfelt sympathies to my old pal, Levi Gabriel. It's been a year, hasn't it? It's been a year for Levi, Chloe and and the family. It's it's just... it's it's. Levi's mum passed away recently and I just wanted to, as I said, to pass on my heartfelt condolences to him. Again, of course, the team feeling, Caitlin 
and everybody that helped make Saturday night the tremendous night that it was, a big shout out to you guys and well done again. Matt Tinker had a massive win. He moves to 4-0 and as a pro now. We'll talk a little bit about that in a little while. But well done to you and thanks for reaching out last week. We're going to have Matt on here really soon from New York. I'm laughing here as I record this. I message an old pal of mine down the road, Graham. And I say, hey, there's a couple of friends of his who listen in regularly. I said, give us their names. We must give them a shout out and a name check and a thanks. And uh, of course, well, I can't do that without giving Graham a shout out and a thanks. And he's had a sticky enough old 2020 for the last few weeks and months. But like the rest of us, come up the hard way, the real way. And when it gets tough, the tough get tougher and they get going. So special mention to Graham, Emma and the family. It's only going to get better. And when you get through 2020, 21 is going to be just a piece of piss. And a special mention then to their pals as well. Sean, Lee and a fella that goes by the name of Walshy. To Joy, Dobbo, the gang, thanks again, Joy. Message received. Will do. Thank you. Damien, Ross and the, Ross and the gang at Violent. Ross at Violent Gentleman, watch that space. Watch the link in the notes. There's special stuff coming from Belfast Boxing T-shirts and everything in between. Toby, Sarah, Bagua Tattoo, thank you. Louise Welsh, Eamon O'Kane, uh, Maria Dickens and the Scouse Famalam and Jazza and all, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have Ryan Walsh on soon with his brother Liam, one to watch out for, talking about everything that's coming up for the a featherweight final. And of course, the news that Paulie Highland Jr. was mandated to fight Liam Walsh for the Commonwealth title, or the British title, or both maybe, I'm not sure which. We'll check that out, but that's an episode coming as well. The Keith Walsh, a fellow Newbridge man, his podcast is flying up the charts. And an episode last week with Ryan Mack, I'm going to put the link for it in the notes today. A fantastic insight into the music business. If you think boxing is a tough business, listen to Ryan as he talks about his path with hometown and his path since as a singer, songwriter and musician. He's a very special fella. I knew his dad very, very, very well uh, in the years growing up in Newbridge and those since. He was the main instigator in me learning guitar. He wouldn't let me put it down. He shamed me into learning that F chord when I couldn't learn it, so... Shout out to Ryan and of course his dad Jay as well. And last but not least to Mimi Flynn down yonder enjoying all the trappings of the Hunter Valley and as I said to her in a private message there only a few minutes ago the last time I drank wine was in Hunter Valley in Australia and I think it was circa 1999. It was the very last time and it will never ever happen again. First to today's guests is a fella who came through a scene an Irish scene that was probably on the tales of Kenneth Egan, John Joe Nevin, and that that golden era that I would say that um, they were they were about I suppose moving on to the next phase of their lives, their careers. He came through a middleweight division that had fellas like Roy Sheen, Conrad Cummings, Jason Quigley, to name but a few. Chris Blaney boxed out of the Navin Boxing Club. He was a firebrand. He is a firebrand. He's a he's as normal, ordinary, the same as you, me, you, me, and the next person. He never forgot that. He never lost that. It probably came to his detriment, maybe on occasions. But the news came on Saturday that the gloves were being hung up. If I'm being honest, I probably I won't say I guessed. I, I messaged Chris the odd time when even in between fights just, just to say hello just to say hey how's things how are you getting on and, and some sort of a wisecrack 
are you still a middleweight or whatever, you know? And the first thing he'd be back, no, I'm, I'm up to now, I'm up to a, a light heavyweight now, so I am. But uh, no, a, f- a special fella, a special family. And everything about, whether it's Chris Boxing, whether it's Catherine Shauna, it's a family affair. They row in behind one another, they help one another, they support one another, they train one another, they beat each other up probably at times as well. But from the jump, Chris has been, he's given me time, he's given me respect beyond what I deserved at times. He opened the door for me to do an interview with a fellow who I only ever dreamed of interviewing, of course, with Ricky Hatton. But that's not to say that he was, it ever clouded anything. There's questions to be asked or things to be said. Chris would say them or ask them, and as, as would I. And when the news came on Saturday that I read on Facebook that he was announcing his retirement, I part of me, part of me sort of, re, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for, begrudgingly kind of said, yeah, yeah, maybe I, maybe I kind of, part of me knew that was coming. And then the uh, the joker in me kind of said, or oh, maybe one of the lads got a hell of the phone, or maybe someone had the phone and they're messing with him, but I kind of knew, I kind of knew. So I messaged him straight away and I said, I hope, uh, something to that effect, I hope that uh, someone's had your phone and that it's not true, and he just, his words back were, I'm afraid so, buddy. So, without a doubt then, I had to speak to him, and I reached out to him and asked him, and you're going to hear him talk to me here now on Monday, about his decision, about when it came, how it came, and what comes next. Here's Chris Blaney. Injuries to last me a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> I've been boxing, I've been boxing since I was eight years of age, like 20, 20 years getting punched in the face. And and the first thing, if I'm being honest with you, I'm, I'm just, I clicked record there now, so we'll just, we'll, we'll keep it in form, we'll just keep it as a, as a shooting the yeah. breeze chat sort of thing, so... Uh, Atten that's in it or not in it I can cut it out of it you know yourself I let it yeah, out whatever yeah. there's no, there's never any panic but I, this is probably going to sound a bit silly but from getting to know you a little bit as I did the first the f- what and, and this is the way the mind works sometimes the, the first people that came to mind I suppose were your dad your coach your mum your sisters it was it was very much a big it was a family affair your career it was that everybody rode in and everybody sold the yeah, tickets or did whatever like, they had was it a big big thing yeah, for themselves as well Daniel and all they, they, they were selling tickets when I was in England uh, training so they were a massive help to me so had to tell them what I was feeling there last week week before so they just said look it's your own decision we'll stand behind you 100% and they have to take it back to the, to the beginning when, when did you make the decision when the fight was cancelled in May and then um, it didn't look like anything was ever happening and I haven't been trained I've been out of the ring for a year literally only in the last two, three weeks I was kind of sitting down and thinking about like I've been out of the ring a year like how how, how long am I going to be out of the ring for as I said I'm nearly 30 now like there's no point keeping fit and then come 30 there's still no boxing so just time to grow up I think like you know and that's the first proper decision I've ever made in my life yeah apart from apart from turning pro in the first place but I suppose that that's yeah. if we're being honest about it that's the easy one really because you had it all ahead yeah, of you you had it all there that was 100% the easiest one like you have Ricky there like you're not going to say no to that and I think would it be safe to say that this is probably the toughest one you've made Oh, a million percent, yeah. Was it a thing that came into your mind 
uh, and then you kind of pulled around for a little while. There was a few discussions about it, um, or was it once it came into your mind and you looked at the the, the, the landscape to see what was going? Was it something that was kind of it, it was kind of obvious to you? When it came into mind, I was kind of saying like, "Oh no, try not to think about it." Really, like, "Oh look, something will happen, and the, the virus will fuck off in a week." Blah blah blah. Like, and when it was, and it was getting worse and worse and worse, you kind of have to sit down and say, "Look, fuck this." You really have to think about it, like. Because when um, what people don't realise is when you're and and a, something that the program highlighted last week on BBC with with Ali and the lads was that when you guys aren't fighting, you're not getting paid. No, that well, that, that was another big one as well. Like, got a few job offers there. Like, so you need money. Like when you're when you're not boxing, you're not like you're not working. You're not getting any money. So as I said, nearly thirty, you're not going to get a mortgage for being getting a few few thousand pound a year on the boxing or being on the dole or whatever. So it was kind of that was that was kind of the main decision as well. Like me and my girlfriend were gonna be building a little log cabin in the back of my house, saving for um, a mortgage and that was that was that was kind of a thing as well, like kinda of thinking about what's gonna happen after box. How am I gonna get this money? How am I gonna do this? And look as I said, I've, I've I've had enough injuries to last me a lifetime. I I thought I could have been finished with my eye injury. I've been out for a year. A groundswell of 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 a response, and and I'm sure your phone probably hasn't stopped since it. That yeah. that does that make it a little bit easier? Does it make it probably a little bit harder as well when you see all the friends and the lifelong men you've made over a whole career? It's a, it's a bit it's a bit harder to be honest with you. Like when I when I put it on Facebook, I can't believe the amount of comments and support I was getting. You know. Kind of, kind of brought a tear to me. I read them all. Yeah, so. that doesn't surprise me. It, it's been a lifetime. Not to make it all down, and not to make it all. You've got a life now ahead of you with your with your lovely girlfriend. It starts yeah. off. You're going to build your own home, and then you're going to make it from there. Um, you've brought umpteen nights of of just unbelievable entertainment and joy to fans. I suppose it's, me that has been a, a stronghold for GA over the years. You brought something new. You you brought a pro boxer to the town and to the to the county and to the area, and they jumped in behind it and supported it immensely, didn't they? From the jump, and that must have been special. Yeah, look, I I've had an unbelievable following, and I remember before a term pro, Dad was like, "Will you be able to sell tickets?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't fucking think so." Then as soon as I had my first fight, it was unbelievable. Like the crowd, like the fans and Navin and me were were actually incredible. And I I I couldn't really have believed it, but I don't know. I don't know why they followed. I've only got to know you, I suppose, in the duration of time I've been doing this. Like most boxers, most pro boxers, if not all, you're the normal man. You're the ordinary fella. You've you've never got ahead of yourself. There's many fellas could have and would have gone across there, trained with Rick and come back Billy Big Balls, here I am, and done the Conor McGregor walk around the town and acted like everything because you're training with the grip, one of the best and one of the best loved. It didn't happen like that. Just nicely. Billy, Billy Big Bollocks and Avon and then <laughs> trying, to, trying, to, trying to sell tickets and no, no cunt liking it. So for me, it was just, I, I had to be the same person. You know what I think of Rick. I know what you think of Rick. You, I mean, the whole boxing world, anyone that doesn't have something decent or good to sell, well, just, just keep it to themselves. But he was never going to let you get anywhere ahead of yourself because he's famous oh. and renowned for yeah. being the lovable fella that he is. That must, have that, been a, that must have been a tough conversation. It was, yeah. But look, what he said to me, he said, look, I love all my boys in the gym, obviously. And he goes, but about me, I, I speak 
for Mike and Blaine that we've always had had a soft spot for you. And like for him to say something like that, like it's it's unbelievable. Your hero growing up, you get to meet them, you get to train in their gym, and now like you become friends with with them all. Like it, it's fucking it's incredible. It doesn't surprise me, Chris, because I was trying to think. I was trying to think back to when Rick started training and I know he started training and he had the Uptons over there and he had um, yeah. he had Ryan Burnett and he had quite a few and then he kind of went away for a little bit and came back but from what I could remember you, you would have been one of the, the lads that are still fighting you would have been one of the longest if not the longest there with him I'd say Blaine as well as much as he'll be sorry to see you go you've given that man Manny's a fucking heart attack you've broken his heart on Manny a night <laughs> <laughs> you've dragged him yeah, through the mill I, and I back say, I'd say Mike Mike's happy to see me go. She doesn't have to stitch me up anymore. Oh, God. Uh, would you have a rough idea how many stitches there were over the years? <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> the, of all the, over the career and of all the different highlights and the lowlights and the ups and downs and everything else, we'll stay positive on it. Is there, um, is there match? is there fights in particular that stick in mind? I mean, achievements and, and, and the highlight, I guess the start of it was, of course, getting to sign and, and train with your boyhood hero. Obviously, the Celtic title that that would have been that's probably my favourite memory of um of walking out to um Aslan Crazy World and because that was one of my um coaches uh, funeral songs my other coach so I I thought it'd be nice to play that song and I, I was I was I was walking to the ring with tears in my eyes as well and I was like for fuck's sake and then when the, when the song stopped. The crowd was still singing it, and I was there going, "Please shut the fuck up!" <laughs> I'm trying to go to fight here, like you know. <laughs> so, like that—that—that that, that was definitely one of my best, best memories there. Now you talk about now you've got you've got your lovely girlfriend. We had to give her a shout out as well because God knows she's had a career for probably as long as she's known you. She's always given out, so I don't mention her. Well, let's get let's give her the first shout out here. Yeah, this, I just want to thank Haley for everything she's done and sticking by me for the past couple of years lived in Manchester and everything like so done an awful lot incredible incredible and now you're back you're back in you're back in homeland Terra Firma in, in oh, the Royal County home. do you think you'll you'll look maybe eventually look to do a little bit of coaching yourself and go back to the, to well, the club yeah like like I'm um, I'm I'm an amateur coach with Navin Boxing Club so I, I'll go in and help my dad out um, training uh, my younger brothers and sisters and everyone else in Navin. So come come to see come the elite seniors in in uh, January February we we'll see Chris Blaney a ringside for Sean or Catherine or whoever's whoever's in the finals or both of them in the finals on those I, I'll be I'll be in the corner yeah. Well yeah. listen Chris listen from my point of view in the short time I got to know you it's been a pleasure an absolute pleasure I really I've loved watching I've loved chatting with you um I, I was genuinely I had a little heavy heart running around myself yesterday my sad little Kildare heart going around the place but I know you won't be gone too far and the fact that you're home now there's a chance of fucking meeting up with you for one thank you for everything no 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 listen it's been my more luck to you Chris whatever it is you decide to do in the future whatever direction it takes you hopefully maybe before too long you might uh, reconsider but wherever it is you end up we'll see him on the side of a ring somewhere shouting roaring giving out and kicking and throwing every shot that's going, whether it's one of the girls or whoever. It's been a pleasure to deal with him and work with him, and it'll be a pleasure to continue to work with him. And you can be sure I'm not going to let him off too easy. I'll be tormenting him a whole lot more over the next couple of days, weeks, and years. But before we leave this section, 
and wish Chris well in his future. I reached out to a couple of his former opponents and people that he may have trained with, fought with over the years in the ring. <laughs> we kept it in the ring, of course. Eamon King Kane said he didn't know Chris all that well, but wished him the very, very best. He only knew him to meet him a couple of times and say hello and knew he was a great fella. Jason Quigley sent me a fantastic message and I'm going to let you listen to it here right now. Jesus, I never heard about that at all now. Um, yeah, not good. Um, well, I hope it's for the best for him. Um, I just want to uh, wish him all the very best, obviously, as we were never rivals. We were actually good friends that uh, fought each other a few times every now and then. And, uh, you know, Chris was a, he was a top operator, so he was. And uh, it's sad to see him have to walk away from the game for whatever reason it is. And I wish him all the very best now in what he sets out to do next in life. And uh, as always, once you share the ring with someone, you have massive respect for them. But me and Chris have been friends inside and outside the ring. Um, maybe not so much inside, but... You know, after every fight, we're always uh, kept in contact and good friends. So I want to wish Chris all the very best and uh, whatever he does to venture out on his next path in life. I don't know, is it me? But there is a serious similarity in Jay's accent and Chris's accent as well. But you can hear and see the respect and admiration there from Jay and Chris. And Chris told me many stories about himself and, and when he was boxing amateur and how he went up to do a club show for Jay and vice versa so great to see respect from camaraderie that was built in the vest of Ireland message from Roy Sheen was uh, boxing is a very very hard life and sport it's especially hard this year for anyone involved Chris was like myself he was up for the crack he loved the mess and we did box but there was never bad blood between us we had the crack before and after the fight a man has to get money to live. It's not easy, but I wish him the very best and I'm sure we'll have a few points when we see him shortly. I had a really enjoyable conversation, an interview with Spike O'Sullivan on Monday night and he had a message for Chris. He said, I do know Chris. If, it wasn't, if it's not for medical reasons, I'd encourage him not to retire because genuinely believe he will regret it in years to come and you can't turn the clock back. But, but, if it's for medical reasons, I'm very, very sorry to hear it. And I wish him all the very best in the future. No matter what he does, where he goes, I wish him the very best. And that interview with Spike, I'll have for you in the coming episodes. A brilliant, brilliant insight into one of the biggest, if not biggest, characters in Irish boxing today. A brilliant fella, an ordinary fella, who is very, very close, very, very close to realising and living his ultimate dream. And last but not least, another character, another real, real character. Conrad Cummings fought Chris on three different occasions. And his message was, weird times, eh? I know Chris well. I fought him three times, I think. LOL. I beat him in the Irish Under-21 final. He's a good boxer, but he's a sound block. I'm sad to see him retiring. It's a tough, tough business. And I wish him health, happiness and success in the next chapters of his life. And I, hope he, and I hope he enjoys getting fat. And Conrad is another fella we'll hope to have on really soon. We will have on at some stage in the future. He's busy being a daddy at the moment. And there was great banter, of course, 
with Big Steve Ward recently as he as he chatted about Conrad and Conrad had a few few things to say to me there, but we'll keep them for when we when we have him on. But I think you can see the respect, the admiration, and the a love for Chris Blaney is very apparent. And he tells me that his phone hasn't stopped since he announced it. So all I can do, all I can do, is reiterate everything that everyone else has said. Wish him the very best. Wish him long life and happiness and health as he pursues the next stages of his life. And we'll move on from a sombre enough subject to something that kind of boiled my frog, so to speak, over the last few days and weeks. And I want to stay before I get into this that when I use the term media, I don't mean everybody. I don't mean the genuine ones, the boys and the guys and the girls and the folk who give of their time to promote this sport in the best possible light and who do it in a tasteful, respectful manner. I'm not interested in the clickbait. I'm not interested in the gutter tripe that some of the many, many pages trot out in the hunt for popularity and whatever else it is they seek. But... In the build-up to recent shows, um, it was wide-ranging, as it was extensive, and it was far-flung. The ESPN series Blood, Sweat and Tears as part of the build-up to Lomachenko versus Lomez was, was equally easily as good, if not better, than anything I've watched in a while and over the years. Now, I know you're thinking, I know what you're thinking, there's a boat coming. And you're right, there is a boat coming. The bias at times... The bias, the one-sided favouritism, it was sickening, sickening. It was, would I say subtle? Maybe. Was there a was there a slight attempt made at making it discreet? Possibly. But it was clear if you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Whether it was Bradley kissing the Lopez asses, Tessador running over to tell Theo... Did you see Team, o- Team Loma opted out of a face-off? A, f- a meaningless face-off. One for the cameras only. Now we know, as I said in previous episodes, Stevie McKenna has told us, and, and Team McKenna have told us, that there are no frills. There's no fancy stuff. No nothing with Team Loma. They come, they do business, they go. In true Soviet style. And that's what has them at the top of their game. And make no mistakes about it. Whether No matter what way last week's fight went, no matter how it played out, and it's been done to death right now. And I, I know I had meant to do a, a preview and an update to it, but it kind of slipped my mind with all else that was going on. But look, there's been enough boxing content and, and podcasts and, and vlogs and everything else about it. Didn't have to have mine either. The respect has never been there for, for Lomachenko, Ever. And I suspect it comes from the same areas that hated on every other fighter outside of Floyd. I suspect that it comes from the same fellas that worship the likes of Septic Tank and, and people like that. I suspect it comes from Flomos, by and large. And I know that's probably a bit harsh, but sue me. Um, I can't, for the life of me, understand... A, a Twitter that a tweet that I saw recently, it was three down one to go. Pathetic, pathetic, and I'm going to call it out. It was from some, as usual, a faceless keyboard warrior called Smug Kilo. Uh, I, I I don't even want to give him money. He is what he is. Clearly, 
using a face of somebody else on his profile, which pretty much sums him up. And and that's what you expect from that sort, quote-unquote. But it was a picture, four photographs. It was a photograph of Gravoznik, it was a photograph of Deryachenko, and it was a photograph of Lomachenko, with red X's across them. And there's a fourth photograph of Alexander Usyk, the greatest cruiserweight ever to, to lace the gloves. Debate that if you want. Bring it. Smug Kilo, bring it. Reach out. Grow a pair, buddy. DM what you like. But grow a pair and let's talk about stuff, right? Instead of being one of those faceless freaks who hides behind a name. In his opinion, there's only one more to go. What a sad, sad existence you have, matey. What a sad life. And sadly, he's not on his own. There's an awful lot of hate I wonder if the if those guys' skin was a different colour, what way that would play out. I wonder if they were of a different gender, what way would it play out. But anyways, leave that with the listeners to decide. But it's it's sad, it's sad to see that even though you don't like... And, and trust me, I don't like Floyd Mayweather. I don't like Tank Davis. I haven't liked many fighters over the years. But it doesn't blind me to their ability. It doesn't blind me to their skill. It doesn't blind me to their place and their contribution to the sport. I don't like Canelo for his cheating. I don't like Canelo for everything he's brought. I don't like his surly, dour, sour approach. It doesn't blind me to his skill and his standing in a sport that I love. So, what is the problem? Why is it so why is it so horribly biased? Why is it is it a is it a fear in American fans of the Eastern Bloc countries because guys, you're going to have to get used to it. Trust me, there is an awful lot more coming from where those guys came from. And probably some of them an awful lot better. And the thing is... I don't know word this properly. The thing is, I kind of get it. A little bit. Sort of. Ish. <laughs> it can be hard to be impartial. To be fair. No, no, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be hard to be fair. It's definitely tough for me when any of our fellas are fighting. To... Not to remain impartial, because I can't be impartial, because I'm Irish, and I love most, if not all, of the fellas when they're fighting, that when, and the girls that are... That's just in me. It's just what I'm... It's, it's not a blind bias. It's it's from getting to know them, speak with them, interact with them on a regular basis. It's just there. But it never comes at the cost, and I hope it never comes at the cost, of respect and decency towards the opponent. Ever. And if it does, hit me up on it, let me know, call me out on it, and I'll check it. One of my biggest peeves, or hates if you like, is a fella running with the fox, hunting with the hound, a la Nick Noonan down there in Australia, who uh, infected us here with his bullshit in the build-up to certain fights, but we won't go down that septic hole either. Switch across to the UK then, okay, and Peterborough last week, and the build-up, and, and, and probably the only downside of this weird phase that we're going through has been... The lack of class and the lack of decency on the behalf of, of some sky some of the sky pundits. It's been it's been dreadful at times. So much so Eddie Hearn has called it recently in an interview. He's noticed it and, and whether it's using it to uh, inflate his own profile and ego a little bit or whether he's using it as a, a stick to beat something else, I don't know. But the build-up on IFL, 
Boxing Social and, and a few of the others has been it's, it was embarrassing last week it really was people like Sam Eglinton Rachel Ball Jay Quigley and more recently a girl that I got to know quite a good bit is, is Beck Conley they've been spoken of treated in my opinion appallingly in the build up to these fights Beck's interview last week was about her opponents quite simply three four five times across two interviews she was asked about her previous opponents. If you cannot do the due diligence and prepare properly for an interview and ask the lady some decent, respectful questions about her own career, about her own life, about what's gone on in her life in the build-up, because trust me, trust me, there's an awful lot more reality in that girl's life than in some of the others that you're looking at and listening to on a regular basis where you're forced, forced to look at and try believe what you're seeing is real. I'm not even going to get started on Adam Smith. I'm just not. Just, uh, yeah, we're just going to park that one there. As I said, all nearly all the questions were just just aimed around either Ellie Scottney or Terry Harper or Tasha Jonas. Don't fucking do that. Don't do it. Show the girl some respect for crying out loud. credit to BT MTK their coverage is it's far more professional they don't try to compete with or outdo the fights at times they're happy to remain silent and let the fight unfold let people watch the fights and when the commentators do speak they tell the viewers what's happening not what they want you to see There's, there's rarely a narrative. Of course, of course, the home fighter, I understand the home fighter is going to get a little bit more favouritism. He's going to, he or she is going to get a little bit more pump. That's part of being the home fighter. That's part for the course. I get that. But regardless of how good the fight cards are, reg- a lack of class is not cool. It's not good. And when I can, and when I'm in a position, and when I've achieved and reached a level where I can do something about it, I will, I will. But until then, for Christ's sake, lads, show a little bit of respect to all fighters. Stop kissing ass of the ones that you think are perceived to be the big guns. Because, as we saw at the weekend, the big guns don't always fire. I know you're probably thinking, oh, you couldn't just help yourself. You had to go back and have a go, didn't you? You said you were going to stay positive. Well, I'm trying to be constructive. I've spotted it way back at fight camp and it's just got progressively worse since in my opinion and it really boiled me frog maybe it's a familiarity thing because I know Beck anyway let me know what you think if I'm wrong tell me if you want to have a chat about it tell me if you want to come on and maybe even debate it let me know endswellpod at protonmail.com I'm going to look at shortening down that email Addy a little bit and making it easier for you to get in touch but do so by all means across social media or anywhere you like let me know what you think. It's not a one-sided show here. If it turns into that, it ain't going to work. Going to talk to a fella now who is at the very onset of what I believe is going to be something very special to watch. The Belfast cruiserweight and standout amateur, Polly McCullough, made his first inroads into a career on Saturday night in Wakefield Studios 
with a devastating, devastating seek and destroy performance. And he joined me on Monday night in between the delivery and the devoury of his pizza to talk about the build-up, the patience, the waiting game, the emotions and everything that goes into it and the aftermath. From a pro debut point of view, it's a, it was a dominating display. It was a, it was a very strong signal sent out to a division that uh, that's, that's exciting. Um, but it was a long time coming, wasn't it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a long time coming. I was uh, training for 10 months for this fight because I didn't know when I was going to get out. Um, and the whole situation was new to me from going from the amateur to pros, even being in the hotel and just... Uh, checking out what way like the work things and, and what way the system was going and it was a strange strange feeling coming up to it being in the hotel and then going like to the fight and and like it was all separate changing rooms and like but it was all uh curtains just put down it was in like booths and it was just a whole a weird setup but when i got on into the ring and in front of the tv and the camera it was good. It was good to be able to to have uh, people tune in from Belfast and watch me, and I had great support. It was a very highly anticipated debut. There's a lot of people who were watching because, for anyone that's new to Enswell Boxing that hasn't listened all the time, too often shame on you. But uh, <laughs> you're here now. But uh, the name McCullough is synonymous with boxing in Belfast. Um, uh, we'll speak about the great man himself, of course, and the, and the pedigree and all that went before. But uh, did that add anything, or does the fact that you're in Lanzarote, did that kind of takes you away from the pressure a little bit, or are you always aware of it? Yeah, well, when I'm in training camp and I'm training, I'm not aware of it, but when it comes closer to the feed, I am really aware of it, because um, when I come back, just I've seen everyone around the town, and everyone was saying to me about, I can't wait to see your debut, and getting messages, and, and there was a lot of pressure on me, because everyone wanted me to do so well, because Belfast is a small town, and I'm well-known in Belfast, as well as my family. As you say, as I come from a boxing family, and and the new, I wanted to put on performance for the fans, but most importantly, I wanted to go out and I wanted to get, get my win. It was a busy weekend for your gym, for Champions Gym as well, and, and for the man for the main man who's who started that dream out there, Jono. He's spreading himself thin. He was uh, he was in Peterborough with Joe, and not much luck there, unfortunately for him. How important was his experience and his guidance throughout not just your those tentative weeks and months of fights coming and not coming, and then staying patient and keeping you ready? Because it's fair to say when you when you hit the camera, you're aesthetically the camera loved you. I'm sure the Belfast girls absolutely can absolutely idolise you. So you pleased everybody with that debut but Jono's importance and and his role in it it's it's big is it yeah he plays a, he plays a big role in it because um, he's my coach and I live with him and at the end of the day like a professional game is not a joke and he, he's there like to grind me whenever um, like I'm getting all the attention and things are going well for me and he's just there to grind me as well as others as my family as well um and he's my coach, so he's got a very important role as well, just to make sure I'm ready. And um, when I'm under the lights and under the camera, that I perform. And coming from my own experience too, like from a pro debut, I had a live TV slot. I was live on ESPN in America, and it was com- it was a new experience for me. But I felt like from a previous experience, like I was able to keep myself calm and cool and collected and 
I didn't get over over eager and over hyped to, to to put on a show. Um, just naturally, I end up I box and I'm an exciting fighter. But I think from I'm not that I think I know from going from the amateur to the pro, like I've seen a difference in the way of boxing, and um, I'm I'm happy with the work we've been doing. You'll perfectly segue into my next question was you have a massive amount of amateur experience without being oversaturated, without staying in it too long. A lot of people will probably have said you jumped a little bit too soon, but I guess now in hindsight, and hindsight is always brilliant, but looking at how it's playing out and how the guys are, they're, 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 I won't say they're in limbo, but they certainly, it's hard to gauge, it's hard to get a plan together for them and my heart goes out to them. I know they're in a CC at the minute, the devils are enjoying all the lovely weather and everything else, but uh, mm. from your point of view, did the experience that you garnered and, and, and all of that wealth of knowledge that you brought, coupled with Jono, it must it must have helped the experience and helped you, I suppose, deal with the, the all the pressure that comes with a pro debut a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah well, and Sam, like, I haven't had over, like you says, I haven't had too many fights in amateur. I've had enough, but the fights I had on, I've had in the amateur, like, I've represented Ireland and mm. I've been fighting on big shows and I've been in training camps as well. Having that behind me, I feel like it did really help me coming into the pro game and being under the TVs and the lights and the cameras and um and I'm not I'm not burnt out or anything. I've hadn't had loads of amateur fights so I think for me it was just the right time to to turn over because nothing was happening. As I said to you off air there, Dave Caldwell has spoken massively of you here when speaking and Dave doesn't bum people up. He doesn't Dave has a, a has a beautiful ability of calling things as they are. He can critique or he can praise but he does it in a way that's that's his his experience and his respect in the business is is unmatched, I would say. But was he a big help as well going into the as as your manager to be able to guide you and to help you through it? He's a high respect. He's a high respected manager, and he's managed world champions. So I know I have faith in him that he'll pick me the right fights as well as my coach, and he'll guide me along as fastly or as slowly as he wants and in the correct manner. Because I was actually pushing the on to shows and jumping in the fights, but he told me no. It looked like he could do another two or three rounds. Did you feel fresh after? Did you- when I was in there on the third round, I started like I felt like in the third round I was starting to get warmed up and I was starting to get going and find my rhythm a bit better because I'm scoring seven eight rounds in the gym and I felt like I could probably do a, I could do a six rounder. Again, we t- give give props to your opponent as well as much as he could. Hundred percent. He was game. He came to fight, and 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 yeah. but but I think within about thirty seconds he realised, oh, that's not a good idea. Yeah, well, like as I say, like I can box as well. I noticed that I wasn't rushing in and I wasn't smothering my work and brawling. I was mm-hmm. like I wasn't using my job as enough as 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 well as I would like. But when I look back on it, I could see that I was actually throwing a double jab and moving in. And trying to get round the side. Um, that's just my style, the way I punch, the way I the way I throw my punches. Um, and I can I'm trying to box more, but I always end up doing that. And I like to work to the body and work to the head. Mm. Yeah, your shot selection was like. To, I'll be honest with you now, and and look. At, at times when you knew you had him going and you knew you had him and we could see it was there it was like you could see by him he was squeezing the pedal it was like get him out of here and some of the big I mean there was 
he took some huge shots. You showed a maturity, if you don't mind me saying, a maturity and a, I suppose a display beyond your years and beyond your, your experience. It looked like a fella that was, okay, done now, let's get on to the next one. Is, is that the case now? Yeah, well, I'm just going whatever by my manager and my coach and my promotion team go by. Um, when, whenever they give me the call, I'll be ready to go back in. Um, I was just like, I was really pleased with uh, getting my debut um, underway because, like I said, it's been a long, long time coming. And I do give big respects to, to my opponent because he came two feet. He came out and threw a one-two right away, straight off the bat, and he soaked up some punishment. I know, I know, guys ten times better than him that won't take uh, as much punishment as that from the body shots, and I do give him a lot of credit. It's been a very, listen, in boxing terms, Belfast is a special place all day, every day and twice on a Sunday. But in recent weeks and months, it must have been sitting there watching Potty, watching Lewis, watching all the lads display, making their making their stake, like Mick Conlon, Carl Frampton. It's just like been a, it's been, it's been a special few weeks. You know, if you're a boxing fan, for me, it's kept me entertained, it's kept me distracted, it's kept me, it's kept my head straight. How was it for you watching these lads go? It must have been like, let me off the leash. You must have been just chomping at the yeah, lead, were you, to get I going. I was training in the gym non-stop, and I was like, I just want to get this. I was torturing David. I know your career, it's a family affair. It's a beautiful story that's waiting to unfold as well. Mum and dad are a big part of it. You've got the cousins, you've got the sisters, you've got everybody, and, and, and it's... It's a side of a fighter that we don't always see. It's something sometimes lads like to go out there and be the big bad wolf and all that. Not the case here. You're you're ferociously proud of your name, of your of your hair, of your pedigree. Um, how was it for them? How was mum? How did she handle the build up? Was the where were the nerves? Were they all okay? Yeah, yeah, they were they were really excited. Um, they actually they were, they were all at my home um, watching it, and mother was just really proud. So I'm happy that I'm uh, making my family proud and. I was a bit sad and emotional too because when I was leaving the hotel to go to the fight, I just wished that my granddad was still around here to be here, to be able to see it and be able to live it with me. I, I, my next line was the special fella, the big man, the the man yeah. who the man who I suppose let you, showed you how to throw your first shots and and who along with your dad was your biggest biggest uh, proponent and your biggest influence and and. Uh, th- that's saying something in a city. I mean, I've I've listened to Willie Casey. I've listened to people who have, have spoken about the man. Special doesn't even come close. Did it come to your mind, or do you have to put that sort of stuff away and and, and focus? No, I just know. Like when I'm when I was at the hotel and I was leaving, I just thought about him, and, and I know he's with me. Like inside, I, I do honestly. I feel him that he's there and he's with me all the time. When I'm when I'm at the fights, especially in those moments, I do know that he's uh, always present. But because uh, at every fight, um, I have his, uh, either his mask card or his pro boxing license still there with me. And uh, I bless myself with the holy water that he owned and we say a prayer before we get into the ring. And we always keep him a part of our ritual, no matter what. Uh, before I let you go, Polly, I'm going to enjoy your pizza and enjoy your few days off. Because yeah, it's sitting they're... on my lap here. It's uh, <laughs> hitting me up the face. I'm nice just... watering. <laughs> Uh, the ne- I've already asked you what's next for you give a shout out I suppose to the sponsors and everybody or anybody that's helped you along the way yeah I would just like to give a big shout out to Baggett's Bar Belfast who's always uh, helped me out throughout the years with uh, money and um, food especially food I had them out of the house so I did <laughs> and I would like to give a big thanks to Nathan Cain Plumbing and Heating uh, for anyone that uh, needs uh, any plumbing or 
any heat and fix, uh, give him a shout. And I would always, I would like to give a thank you to Ice House Bar, Playa Blanca. So if anyone that is ever in Lanzarote visiting, be sure to stop in uh, for some food and drinks in there. They do lovely steaks on a on a steaks on a stone, top class. And also uh, thanks to Mar or the Aqua Dreams Lanzarote as well for helping me. Um, for without any use, it won't be possible to be able to be in Lanzarote and be able to train. And also a big shout out to Global Green CBD and PJ's Taxis um, for everyone who come on, help me. Watch that space. Watch that space. This guy is, a, is a, he's a TV fighter. He's exciting. He's polite. He's humble. He's all the things we like in a fighter until you're standing across the ring from him. A little bit of news before we get to our final guest of the episode and start to wrap things up. We'll have a feature with Tommy McCarthy next week's episode ahead of his EBU Cruiserweight title fight. So not going to go too much into that on this episode in case anyone is saying, how come you're not thinking or talking about it? Tommy, I've been in touch with, was meant to get to him a few times, hasn't happened yet, but that's my fault. I've been all over the place, so we'll have Tommy on in that episode. Special mention and a shout out uh, and congratulations to Matt Tinker, who went 4-0 after a second round stoppage of Jesus Javier Cintron on Saturday night in Boston. Tinker hails, of course, from Scarborough, but Irish fans know him from his time with St. Francis in Limerick. Whether it was part of the Irish senior setup or the GB setup, Tinker has impressed everywhere he's gone. He's shown, and he's a, he's, a, he's a special character as well. He's a great character. He was excellent in the Irish senior championships and, of, and the ABAs. He's changed the vest, turned pro last year, chatted to him just before then, and we've been in touch on and off ever since. He's impressed. He's improved with every one of his four wins, despite them only going five rounds in total. He's uh, He will step it up. Things will get a little bit tougher as they go along, but congrats to Matt, and I'm going to have him on here with you really soon and hear from a fella who I think you'll really enjoy as well. He's a great guy. So well done, Matt. Well done to the team, and hopefully you get another one under the belt before the year is out. News broke in America early in the week of the injury to Pulev ahead of his fight with Joshua. And I believe, I believe it, the source I got it from, it's a reliable source, not trying to say, oh, I know people or anything else, just sources that I watch and listen to, eh, tell me that he's out of fight. So who they're going to switch him out with, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. It leads to a lot of speculation. I, I'm sure it will be confirmed over the coming days hours I would say they need to get it done fairly quick and the last time this happened we all know what happened so just watch that space very closely indeed and the last but not least Team Ireland special mention to you guys out there you're making me you're making me a little bit envious guys you're sitting in the sun you've got the feet up the lovely brown legs you've got the coffee you've got the views you've got the weather and I look out my window here right now and it's grey it's dull it's raining it's winter it's Ireland but, of course, the high performance, the elites are in training camp working their asses off with top quality sparring. And I'm informed that it is phenomenal sparring. It's a competitive environment and it's a million miles away from the chaos and the carnage of, of Ireland and all that goes. So, congrats to you guys. Delighted you're getting to get your sharpened those swords, sharpen your tools, keep yourselves right on the periphery, right on the edge as you... Keep focused and work towards Tokyo next year. So, big shout out and hello to Team Ireland. And our final guest on this episode breaks the mould in many, if not 
always. Ella Thompson represents everything that's good about boxing and pretty much everything that's good about life. She's a frighteningly talented, frighteningly talented boxer. She's a beautiful, innocent air about her that just, it just cannot help but make me smile, make me choke a little bit at times, but just really, really, I suppose, smile. And she joined me on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, with her dad, Cliff, who is also her coach. And I think, I think I'll just leave it to Ella Joyful Thompson to warm your ears for the rest of this episode. For anybody that mightn't be aware or might not be familiar with who you are, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, um, so I'm Ella Thompson and I'm 12 years old and I do boxing with Dumboy and Boxing Club at O'Rourke's gym and I started boxing when I was nine and then I fully committed to it when I was like 10. I stopped because I used to do kickboxing as well. I started when I was four and when I was nine I was doing both for a year and then I stopped kickboxing um, fully time did boxing. And uh, Cliff, at what stage did it become clear to yourself? I mean, when when Ella came home and told you I want to be a boxer, progress from that through to when you realised it was a little bit more than a hobby or a little bit more that she has it, that there's something more in this? Um, to be honest with you, that, that's a good question, but I started off like you're on about daddy and sons. You know, I know, cause look at Stephen and Ryan are rugby. We sat on Ella, we're good looking anyway, so <laughs> we'll, we'll beat them on that one, don't we? <laughs> um, when did I realise? Um, it's, it's hard to explain. The first time I seen her spar, the, the first night she went boxing, I was there looking and she went sparring. I made her cry in the first um, round and Ella came out in the next round and made him cry and then the third round Ella got the better of him. And that was our first time ever going training and, and, and straight up first time ever sparring. The, the the skill was evident then, but you know what I mean? What was more evident was heart. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and that kind of it took off from there. So and then it becomes it grows with intensity and grows with and, and it's it's something that you're learning all the time and, and when did you realise, Ella, that okay, you were doing kickboxing and you were playing a little bit of everything, as as most as most of us do at that age and, and we try a little bit of everything else, but when did you realise, I kind of like this a little bit more, I want to do a little bit more of it? Um, probably after the first few sessions, I was like, oh yeah, I, I enjoyed this, I really liked this. And then after ages of trying both, of like kickboxing and boxing, I was like, no, it's boxing. And tell me this, it's probably, there's so many elements and there's so many layers and there's so much about boxing to learn and, and to love, but that's me being biased because there's very little about it don't like. But from your point of view, what was what would be the point that, that caught you early on? What what was it that made you like that you liked so much so early about it? Um, I don't know. I I love the sport, and I just I, I'm like you. I don't have much things that I don't like about it. I like the sport. I like the fitness. I like. I just like. I like it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to explain to some people when it's hard. I like to put it that if you don't get it, you'll probably never get it. That if you try it for a little while and you see it, and then sometimes there's 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 the likes of us people who just <laughs> we don't know what we do without it. You're in boarding school, aren't you? Yes, I'm in boarding school. So I board in yeah, I board in school, and in school they do lots of sports. 
So on on Mondays I do hockey, and then I come home the odd Monday. But then on Tuesdays I I have a free evening, and then on Wednesdays I do hockey and I come home here. And usually I go training, but since of the new restrictions, I don't. I train with my dad because you you know my dad's a coach, so I train with him. And then on Thursdays I play tag rugby, and then on Fridays it's training with daddy, and then Saturdays Sundays is training as well. Okay, so is there anywhere in the middle of all of that then that you get time off, that you take a little bit of time? Now, I know we chatted a few minutes ago off air and you had just had a couple, a little bit of time where you were just getting to relax and chill out. Do you, do you get, do you make time for that as well? Is that a big part of what you have to do for recovery? Yeah, definitely. Well, on Tuesdays, that's my evening off, so I don't like, I like walk around the place. So like, I like sit in the corridor place and all, and I'll just like, yeah, I'll be like relaxing and be with my friends. So that's like my my evening off. And tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, about boarding school. What's that like, Ella? Yes. Yeah, so I I get up at seven o'clock and then well I get woken up at seven o'clock and then I go down to breakfast at like around twenty in the middle of like twenty past seven, half seven. And then when I come back up, I usually will do like my sit ups. My sit-ups, my push-ups, my, like, side-to-side. Go to the lockers and I'll get all the books that I need for, like, that day. And then I'll be, like, with my friends. And then I go to school. And then after school, usually, like, I, like I told you, I play sport. And when I come back, I get dinner. And then we have a while before we go to prep, which prep is homework. And I would usually do, like, my shadow boxing then. And I'd sit up in the dorm or go outside. And then that's when I do my shadow boxing and relax. And then I go to prep, and then when I come back from prep, I get supper. I was waiting on TV time or something in there. Is there any of that there, no? Yeah, so there's a common room, which there's like a mixed common room. So that's where all the years and the boys and girls go. And they have like a table, not they have table tennis, that soccer game, and like air hockey, and then they got loads of seats. And then they've got a TV room, and then they've got the girls' common room just for the girls, and then they got a boys' common room just for the boys. Oh, very good, very good. So it's it's and do you find the days then? Would you? I suppose what jumps out at me there is it's amazing even at this early stage. And I don't mean to sound patronising, but at this early stage of your we call it career because it is what it is. It's it, that's what it is. It's it's very very much a journey with a with a very clear set of destinations on it from where I'm sitting. But you're making time from the jump to do your sit ups and your side sides in the morning, and then your shadow boxing in the evening. So it's. All day, every day, there's something about... Every day, at least, there's something to do with your boxing is involved in it. Yeah, because, like, when I can't ho- come home to train, I I have to, like, get put in my little part. So I do that. And uh, and then you get to come home then on the days and, and then Dad gives you a proper proper workout then on the pads. and you, So you're you're sharp the whole time and then there's club training then or Stephen at the weekend. Yeah, well, we used to be going up to Stephen's, but, but now we can't because of... Again, just to go back to Dad there and just to you, Cliff, it, it, again, uh-huh. you're, you guys are early enough in it. Well, you're three or four years into it now, so but you're, I suppose it's something that's adapted all the time. But th- is it a thing of managing the, the, the balance, the relationship between family, coach, gym? Is it a case of switching off when you're out of the gym? <laughs> <laughs> Ella just whispered in my ear, you never switch off. <laughs> <laughs> Papachenko. Um. <laughs> Where do, do you find do you know what it's, it's having a great team around us um, to be straight a gala you don't have to ask gala she's ready she's going but to be honest with you it's a lot of um, thanks has to go to mum here at home like I have two other kids and uh, 
Big shout um, out to Mammy, Mammy Thompson. Big special shout out and a special mention, of course. Well, yeah, genuinely, it takes you know, not, myself and I are only, only a small section of this. Um, a big shout out, you know, I'd like to say it has to go to Mam, but also to Ella as a representative, Johnny Rashman. Yeah. Um, a huge thank you has to go to him as well. Like he does an awful lot of endless work for Ella, um, and not just that, you know, then to Dumbine where she trains. You couldn't get nicer people that have a genuine, honest interest in kids in, in the boxing. And when we're not there, we're in Stevens. And as you say, look, that is a family. So it's a great family and it's a great team around us. You've got a great team around you there and, and you deserve them. We all have a clear direction in what way we want to go. And it's not just with Ella, it's with Dunbine, with the girls, with Stephen, with the lads. You know, it's, it's just COVID's just one little stumbling block. It's just one of those things. It's it's like boxing and the beauty of boxing. And I've said this to so many people and I say this again, maybe I'm biased. And if I'm biased, I'll wear it. I'm biased. Boxing is, is, a, is a special sport for many, many reasons. It doesn't matter what colour you are. It doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter what, whether you've got money in your pocket, whether you have a car. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter a damn. It's what all, all that gets left outside the door. And uh, it's, I think the thing about boxing is you're adapting the whole time you're constantly having to adapt it's not like a football match where if you're not feeling up to it you can tuck in behind the number 11 and you can let him do the running for another while yeah no uh, COVID, no you get out fairly lightly COVID is like it, COVID is just a real world version of what goes on in boxing every every minute of every round you've got to adapt you've got to use it and do what you can while it's there and I think what we're seeing in Ella right now before I ask you about your goals and what your plans are is um, I think what we're seeing in you is Ella that you're a, you're a shining light for not just people at your own age but as I said to your dad earlier and there's an awful lot of adults around that are doing a lot of kicking and screaming and throwing their hands up in the air and using it as a reason to be all sorts of everything we see very clearly and, and it's a credit to you um, but do you want to tell us not at all do you want to tell us a little bit about your plans and your goals and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where people might know you they might recognise you from and they might say oh I remember her now but t- talk to me about your plans first and your goals um, my goals are to go to the Olympics and then I'd like to go professional and I'd like to be a teacher then after all that I'd like to either be like a teacher or like a sports teacher or I want after all that to have something to do with sport so either like being a PE teacher or... Uh, is that all, Ella? Is that the best you can manage? <laughs> Incredible. No, Incre- I, I have another thing to add to it. Go on. I also, I want to be like a role model to, to all people. I want to be a role model to people who do sports, to people who don't, to people that do boxing, to people that don't do boxing, to do, that do other sports. I just want to be a role model. Oh well, I did ask. There you go. That's well. Can I say something? <laughs> wow. I did tell you. I'm going to say something to you here now, and 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 you've just you've put me back on my heels like you would in the in if I were if I met you in the centre of the ring. You you've that is beautiful, and and I want to say it to me right now. You're already a role model, and anything that anybody Thank says you. to you anywhere along the line, to the contrary, you tell them to come talk to me, because. I, I am a grown man, I think most will agree, and, and I looked at your video the other morning and I have no qualms in admitting I choked, I got a little lump in my throat. It's the most beautiful, simple, but real message that I've seen from anybody in a long, long time. So I wanted to thank you for that. And um, Thank you so much. And I already think you're a role model, and I think, I wouldn't say that normally, there's some adults, their head would explode and they'd go running and... They'd, I think your feet are very firmly on the floor and it's a, it's a credit. It's a credit to you, it's a credit to your family and to the team around you. And I think just keep doing what you're doing because it's, 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 it's just special, is all I can say. 
Um, you, you definitely, you, you caught me on that one. As you shook me with it. But talk to me a little bit. Um, people will know you. Some people will remember when we talk about this next part of it. And we, we, you've got a very special connection with a very, very, very special athlete. And the comparisons, I, I don't like making them, but they're they're alarming at times, Cliff, aren't they? Um, for, yeah, they're alarming. Um, not just in the ring, not but outside the mm. ring, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The comparisons inside the ring, yeah, that's one thing. But the comparisons outside the ring are startling, and it's kind of it's 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 uh it's nice. Um, it's yeah, yeah. I like you. I'm, I'm, I'm gobsmacked when you have to talk about it, and I don't like talking about it. But <laughs> well, let me let teams. me let me say it for you because I know it's not. You don't want to be. Drunk. I'm talking, of course. Ella appeared last year on the Late Late Toy Show, and I had reached. I had say. I don't think I had seen you on Twitter or Facebook somewhere. I saw a video over on the pads, and the first thing I thought was. I thought this. This is as always with social media. I genuinely tend to think this is just this is not right. There's something else behind it. And I looked at it again and again and again, and I reached out and I got in touch. And I think it was yourself. We messaged back and forth, and then we we left it for a little while because I think you were prepping for competition and everything else. And then the next thing I saw you on the toy show, and I thought, wow, I was in touch. Wait till you see. I was it was three or four people in the room. I said I was chatting. Watch this, and the, the three guys with me in the room were like, wow. Now, there was also a very special guest with yourself on the toy show that night and she, she kind of did to you what you did to me a few minutes ago. She shocked you and left you stunned. Uh, we're talking about the comparisons with yourself and I think you could say she's your idol. Is she Katie Taylor? Yes, she is. <laughs> and um, what is it about Katie and, and from what age or what is it? When did you f- start following Katie or what is it you like about her? Or You tell me your story about your connection with yourself and Katie. Well, I, when I started boxing, like, I started boxing, like, how I started boxing fully, my cousin did it, so then I started doing it. And then once I really started boxing, I was like, whoa, she's really good. And then I was like, Katie Taylor, and then that's how I really, like, that's how I knew her. So I've, like, been thinking she's really good for a long time now. And I... Yeah, I just think she's like very good and she's my inspirational. She's my inspiration and yes. We talk about likenesses in and out of the ring. I understand it can be awkward for yourself, Cliff, because you're, we're not saying that Ella is Katie. We're not saying anything. What I'm saying as an outsider looking in that there's certain movements that, that Ella does in the ring and there's certain shots she throws. And I think, I don't know if I'd call it a check hook or not, <laughs> where she walks her opponent yeah. onto this check hook and it is frightening. It's, I, I have to say, and I'm saying that now, it, would a check hook be fair to call it? Is that what you'd say? Yeah, yeah, that's what we'd call it, a check hook, yeah. That's the sugar punch, Ella, is it? Yeah, well, my lead hook I do like, because if someone's ever getting on top of me, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> We're pulling it out. We're taking it out of the bag. Here it goes. You look, you've asked for it, now here it comes. And does it work? Yeah, well, <laughs> most of the time it works. Again, I'm, I'm going to put, I might put a little video clip of it on when, when because for people to say, oh yeah, yeah, they're making the comparisons and they're talking up. I don't do comparisons because I think it's unfair on the people that we're that I'm talking to, as in you, and I think it's unfair sometimes about the person we're comparing to. So, but this is it's so clear and it's so blatant. Is it something that you've worked on? I think it's on that. I think it's like natural because when we started, like just doing the pads for the first time we were like doing 
all these shots and then dad noticed the ones that I liked and then we just worked on them and then like we'd see Kate Taylor's videos and fights and all we'd be like god she she does these moves too and then when we'd see her doing it then we'd like be like okay this is how she does it we maybe need to like improve and like do it a bit quicker or bring it up higher and bring it down more and we did so we'd basically start doing it and then be like god she does that as well so then we'd be doing it and trying to like top it up you had had a little bit of contact before the toy show how did the toy show come about so like we went training as normal but then this woman the coaches like kevin and shane and me and they were all like there's this woman coming now and she's just gonna be watching his train and like she's gonna be getting used to be singing a song and they had told us it was um for sky sports they had said that for sky sports they're looking for the best like female boxers so this woman's going around to all clubs and all like clubs and just looking for female boxers and then like so she had us and then it, she made a sing song and all and then she came back on the second day and she interviewed us and then a while later i should remember this day very clear and um, i was after getting picked up as my teacher meeting and we're coming home in the car and then mom was like daddy's got some news for you someone's going to be calling you and i was like oh my god what is it because i sound really excited i was like what is it and then she's like you'll have to find out and then when i was home um, like we had a phone call and then I answered it and then I just started crying on the phone and then the woman she was called Kate and then she like explained after the toy show about everything that like it wasn't actually for Sky Sports it was coming to like see and all so yeah it was very yeah when I was talking to the researcher at the end of the toy show um, they basically apologised for lying to us that they heard about Ella and they were coming to see Ella Um it was a great shock, um, but yeah, as you, the shock, the result. And then, and then, just the the double whammy. So you get used to that. You come out and you did your your moves and you showed. And and again, it, I was I was like, watch. I, every, it, it was just special to have to be to be able to say, watch this, and then and then the people around me to react the way you want them to react was very special. But then the reaction again and this isn't young lady I've never met you yet but you have a terrible habit of making me choke up and well up then um, the lady herself appeared on the scene and I think the way you reacted was just it was beautifully natural again and um, talk to me about that were you expecting anything like that? I actually I'll be honest I was we were coming up in the car once and I was like, do you think Kate Taylor will be on the toy show? Because like, all the other people meet their like, sports stars. And then I was like, do you think she'll be on the like, 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 toy show and like, meet me? And then Daddy's like, no, no, she won't. Because like, she'll be in America training and all. She won't have the time. And then I was sort of like, oh yeah, she, like, she wouldn't. And then Daddy totally got the idea out of my head completely. So then I didn't think of it. So at the start, I was thinking, oh, yeah, she'll be, she could be coming. But then Daddy totally got the idea out of my head completely. So then when I saw her there, I was, like, totally surprised, like, shocked. And did you ever expect a cliff, or did you think, were you just, you didn't want her to, to or, or did you know anything? You are, I felt, to be totally honest, um, the researchers had said it to me a couple of days prior that, uh, now, she didn't say, okay, he was coming. We were having a conversation and totally out of the blue, the researcher turns around and says to me, she says, now, don't think Katie Taylor's coming. And I started laughing, and I said, so I didn't know my mouth, but you did. Yeah. And she said, no, 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 Katie Taylor's not coming. So I had a fair idea. But I tell you one thing, keeping my mouth shut was probably the hardest thing ever. Yeah, I was like so, a kid yeah. on Christmas morning. Just, I had no idea, but I did then, straight away, when the researcher kind of let the cat out of the bag. 
but still in all, course, all things being the way they were and she was in the build-up I think that was the build-up to the Linda Ratu fight so boxing being boxing they probably weren't committing to anything but at the same time you, you had an inkling but the reaction then how did you feel when you saw her walking onto the set and everything else because you're taking in everything else the lights the heat the whole lot everything about it and then and then she's standing in front of you how was that? Was this me or Ella? Ella. Because I was on the side of the stage and I tell you Andy holding me back I was trying to run onto it. <laughs> <laughs> hang on da, hang on When I saw her like I just I sort of felt like <laughs> and then I didn't know I was like I don't know my legs it sounds really stupid but my legs are really weak and I was like I think I'm going to fall, but then I didn't fall. I stayed on my feet, thanks God, because if I fell, it would look really strange. But I stayed on my feet, and I was just so shocked. I was like, oh, my God. And then the tears came, and then, yeah. And then the tears came, yeah. And do you know what it is again? And I, and I say this as a grown man again, who, who the tears arrive they arrive a couple of times a week here watching films or watching stuff when they're natural Ella and it's not a tantrum and it's not for cameras or it's not anything else there's nothing wrong with them they're natural it's a beautiful simple reaction and it's it's it. do you know what it is as well it's fitting because she's one of those very she, she's in my opinion the similarities are so so very clear she's a very special yeah, person and, and her it's one pre- of those things I said to you offline there Al that Ella has a beautiful innocence to her mm. and that's exactly what I was there yeah, that's what. It, that's exactly what I was. Yeah, there's that beautiful simplicity to it. There's not playing to anything or anyone else. It's like it completely didn't matter what the surroundings were, who was around, who was where. It was just it was natural and it was beautiful. And um, you got to meet up with her then afterwards. Did you train or did you do anything with her? Did you go through anything? Yeah, I got to meet up with her, um, and then I like I trained with her, and then she gave me some like tips and all, and then we talked, and then and then yeah. <laughs> And did you give her any tips? <laughs> Just tell them. Well, when we were doing the um, the shadow boxing thing in the ring, face each other, yes, schoolboy. Um, I was meant to catch her shoulder, but then by accident, I hit her tooth, and her tooth's really sore. Like my finger was really sore after I hit her tooth, and then she caught me back a while ago. Uh, not a while ago, but like a while after. Then she caught me back, so. It's the start of a beautiful connection, I think, because um, they've recognised, they've seen it. And I think, um, is it a thing that you've kept in touch? Will there be regular contact? Or is it is it just, what way is it now? Yeah, we, we, like, on Instagram, we text sometimes. And she bought two T-shirts off us. I shouldn't buy it. Like, she got, we gave them for free. But she got two T-shirts off us. Well, for, for, you t- you told me a story, Cliff, there a while ago again about um, yourself and Brian were chatting as they were shadow boxing or something, and and Brian even was com- was taken aback, wasn't he, about the comp- at, the, at the similarities? The similarities inside and outside the ring were, yeah, he t- he was taken back and looked at me and said that, and and the check hook, mm-hmm. it was Andy Lee when they were training, and he was there with uh, Ella as well that night, and. Uh, he, 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 that's when when he was asking Ella, you know, the want to want to roll, and then he's coming walking at her, and he asked her to check hookers, and he couldn't believe it, and he asked her to do it again, oh. and he looked over at Brian Peters and started laughing. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have that sugar punch, Ella, and that is something that you're constantly working. On. That's your secret weapon. But it's like every other weapon. If you use it all the time, opponents will start looking for it. So. 
Is there a way yeah, of, have you ways yeah, of setting it up? You're working on little traps and ways of setting it up and ways of, of disguising it, have you? Um, not really, just when they usually, I can't tell you. That's yeah, don't, don't, don't tell us all the tricks now, just tell us, but there is a way of hiding it, I suppose, and a way of bringing yeah. it out when you need to, yeah? Yeah, when they go to throw a punch, I just like try and time it on time and then catch it as their punch is leaving their face, I try and catch them. And there's another fella fighting tonight, and I don't want to go too far with comparisons, but there's a fella fighting tonight that's an absolute master at catching and timing shots. Will, do you watch Lomachenko much? Yeah, Lomachenko's my favourite male. I, I knew he would be. I knew he would be. From your point of view, when you're fighting somebody, a girl, right, that's across from you, that's physically stronger than you, that hits harder than you, and that's, that's very big at the weight, shall we say. You know, I, I know they're fairly well, they come in all shapes and sizes, but it's the weight. But when you're faced with that, would you would be smaller and you, but you'd be more skillful and you'd have the moves what would your approach be when you're facing an opponent like Loma tonight bigger stronger and hits hard what would your attack be and how would you work with mine would be to like faint I'd always try and faint and get a faint out of them and I'd start to see if they like I'd faint once and see if they fall for a faint and if, I'd, if they did fall for a faint I'd know that they fell for one every time so then I'd always just do a faint and then I'd step right into the body so you're staying out of that mid-range, which is the dangerous area, isn't it? Um, yeah, and it's like very important like to use your footwork in and out. And uh, when you're doing it, if she's bigger than you, you've got to be in and out quickly because like, she's got longer arms so she can catch it. And for what what would your, um, again, just, to, just to, from your style and from your preferences and everything else, what would be the most difficult opponent for yourself? What would you file southpaws, tricky, or what way do you think are the most awkward? Um, tall, because I, I don't know if you know, but I'm very small. So, tall, I, I'm working, like, I'm, like, learning how to fight against them all the time, but it's always difficult, more difficult, because I'm so small. So, I've always got to try and get in and do that extra notch with my head movement and being really quick. Ella, when Dad tells you it's your off day or you're taking a break or you need a rest, is that something you look forward to? It depends, because I, I love, like, every person loves to get, like, a rest and just sit down and relax. But I also, I like to be moving all the time. Um, so it depends on, like, my mood that day. So if it's, like, you're getting a rest and I'm tired, I'm like, okay, well, that's grand. And then if it's, like, if I'm, like, woke up on the good side of bed and really energetic, <laughs> I'll be like, um, okay. It's <laughs> brilliant. The video that you brought out the other day, it, it as I said, it stopped me in my tracks. I've listened to it two or three times. I've sent it to two or three people and the reaction has been incredible to it. You're speaking from what you're seeing going on around you and you're speaking from the heart. Your your essential message is to people just to, to stick together and to work together, isn't it? Yeah, I just like, I want people to be safe and I, we're all in this together. So just stay safe, wear your mask. And like, I understand it's really hard because... Now I'm in secondary school, so I have to wear a mask all like every day, and it does get annoying. It itches your nose, and it's like, why do we have to wear these? But then if you think about it, it's like it keeps us safe. And I know it might itch your nose enough, but like you gotta keep safe. And then washing your hands, um, it, it's very important washing your hands because like you'll get beat, you'll be getting dry hands around this time of year. And I know you'll be thinking about that, but it doesn't matter because it. You've got to wash your hands and keep yourself safe. Even after speaking to Ella, 
speaking to Cliff. Before, since, after. Having listened repeatedly as I edit, and listening now, Ella's purity, her genuine lust for life, her love of the sport, such an incredible resolve to be better, but never, ever, at all costs. It moves me. It moved me then. I'm going to be honest with you, listening to it back here now, just before I publish it, for everybody else to listen to. It's moved me again. Safe to say, this young lady has a very, very definite gift, a very definite path. I want to thank Ella, I want to thank Cliff, I want to thank Johnny Rashman, I want to thank all the team in the background that take their share of the burden to allow this, this, this gifted young lady, this beautiful gifted young lady to chase her dreams. Watch her go. That's it for me and them until then. And I just want to appeal to you all. Stick with us. We'll get through this. Like we did before. Like we will again. I'll do my absolute utmost to make it bearable here. Maybe even a bit fun. But if there's anybody who is anyway unsure or anyway anxious or anyway worried or scared or afraid, reach out. Get in touch. Please. We all got a Christmas to get to now, right? That's the goal from here on in. Not just follow boxing, not just focus boxing. Get to Christmas together. Let's look back at it from the other side. I'll be back in a few days with the with the Mac attack. Tommy McCarthy as he looks ahead to his European title fight. Please, until then, stay safe, stay sane, and smile. All's well that ends well. <laughs>